in a world where Mondays are taken over by a machine. Welcome to Machine Mondays. Hello, 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 Machiniacs and Schmodown fans, and welcome to another episode of Machine Mondays. I'm Janine the Machine, and first off, as usual, I gotta give a huge thank you to my good friend David B for creating this awesome track for me, the official machine theme. Thank you so much, David B, and if you wanna check him out, you can find him at davidbmusic21 on Twitter. Also gotta give a huge thank you to Kevin the Smasher Smets for that awesome voice intro. I love it so much. And if you wanna check out Kevin Smets or his awesome Star Wars KOTOR trilogy movie, you can find all of that at his Twitter, at kevsmets. But let's get into today episode. So I'll be briefly going through all last week's matches in the singles tournament. Uh, You know, I do do play alongs to all these matches uh, on my Patreon with Morgan Robinson, the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon. So if you want to see me play along and see how I do, you can become a patron and check it out there. So I won't be going into too much depth because I have these play alongs. So, you know, patrons get to see the exclusive of how I do in these matches and me kind of doing a little bit of commentary as I watch and play along. So we will just kind of briefly go over them, but we will definitely be getting into deep depth on the matches this past Friday because of course I played against the Warfather, so I'm super excited to talk about that. And of course the championship match between Ben Bateman and Dan Merle, um, a bit of controversy surrounding that after the fact, you know, some Twitter drama, some subtweeting, always on my end usually. So <laughs> I will get into my thoughts and feelings on all of that. Uh, you know, I usually like to wait until it's public for everyone to talk about the pay-per-view matches, but I gotta talk about my match and this championship match and everything surrounding it. So spoilers ahead uh, if you have not yet watched the pay-per-view matches. Uh, But first up, we will go through all the singles matches that premiered last week. Uh, So we had some great matches. First up, we had Bibbs versus James White. Two guys I love so much. I was really excited for this one. Uh, we had a double Dewberry, James and Bibbs, of course, both going perfect. James missing the bonus. So Bibbs having that little bit of a one point lead nine to eight going into round two. James has a solid round two with nineties. He misses the first question, giving Bibbs a one point steal. He gets the second correct, the third correct on multiple choice and the fourth correct. So not bad. Uh, Bibbs, he gets action adventure. He gets the first one correct, misses on multiple choice. James steals and gets his point back. Uh, and then he gets the third and fourth correct. So it's 16 to 14 Bibbs leading going into round three uh james uh, and bibs are kind of just bouncing back and forth james gets his two bibs gets his two james gets his three and it was a crazy trick question you know what is the lead character's name in mud it's mud trick question freaked me the fuck out because i'm like oh my gosh they can pull questions like this on us oh hell no so just a little bit scary that (laughs) trick questions like that can come up but props to the question writers because that was a good kind of messed up question but i loved it so yeah james gets that trick question bouncing it back to bibs for the, the three he gets his three correct then it's on james to get his five when they said it was disney i was like he's got this disney is his thing and then it was very plot specific of tarzan but i love tarzan so you know i was like piranha piranha shouting it at the screen he just couldn't pull it but so proud of him. You know, Bibbs got the win, uh, but James played great. He, you know, held up so well, bouncing it back and forth with Bibbs, who is an amazing competitor. So, so proud of my friend and congratulations to Bibbs. 
Uh, then we get to Marisol McKee and Paul Oyama. I was really excited for this one because I think everyone fell in love with Marisol after her first match. Lady Justice, she is a badass and I love her. Met her in New York and she just had such a great attitude, was like so ready and raring to play. I was like, if you want to play, you got to join the fan leagues, you know, and she did that. She worked her way up and now she's here and I'm so proud of her and she is incredible. So I was really excited for this match. And Paul, I love this kind of character turn around with him he is such a sweetheart I love him and uh just want to see him do well uh going forward so was really excited for this match uh nine to seven uh, after round one Paul leading he goes perfect Marisol gets Nora Ephron and she does great. She gets the first one on multiple choice, second one on multiple choice, third on multiple choice and gets the fourth one correct. Paul does amazing with Kubrick. He sweeps completely. Um, So it's 17 to 12. Paul leading going into round three. Uh, Marisol gets her two. She gets her three. Paul gets his two. And then Marisol misses her five. That slow-mo question uh, on Dread. Uh, But she played so great, you know, against a former champion. So I'm so proud of her, but so excited to see her in teams. Her and Adam are going to kick some ass. They are both great competitors. You know, the corruption attitude is kind of badass. You know, I'm, I'm, we're supposed to not be fans of corruption here on Machine Mondays, but you know, Shannon is a queen and I love everything corruption's doing this season. So props to them. I, I will secretly be rooting for <laughs> Adam and Marisol because they are great. Um, Adam is a patron of It's a Wonderful Podcast. He has been such a great supporter of me and just a really awesome guy so I love him love Marisol so really excited to see what they do as a team uh, then we have Vinny and my faction mate and former partner Ethan Irwin really excited for this one Ethan I was like yes dude you gotta go through this tournament and get us some points get us off out of the bottom so was definitely looking forward to this one um so seven to five, Ethan's leading over Vinny. Uh, Ethan gets Spinner's Choice. He goes with Sigourney Weaver. I was really excited because I didn't even know that there was a Sigourney Weaver wheel slice. So I was really excited to see that. And of course, he sweeps it. Vinny gets Opponent's Choice, that lethal combination. And he had, um, and so Ethan gives him his specialty, which was Catherine Bigelow. Uh, Vinny gets the first one correct. He misses the second on multiple choice. Ethan gets the steal. He gets the third one correct on multiple choice. And then he misses the fourth one on multiple choice. And Ethan gets the steal there. So it's 17 to 8. Ethan leading. Vinny, he gets his two correct. He misses his three for Ethan to get the win. 17 to 10. Uh, so um, Ethan's going to be playing Zipper next. Really excited to see that. Um, oh, I didn't say Paul. He'll also he'll be playing Snyder. So I'm really excited to see that rematch. I was there in New York uh, for that match and it was pretty hostile and pretty rough. Um, you know, that was the Oyama who was kind of throwing those digs out. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see these two play again, especially against the new Paul. And then I don't think I said Bibbs will be playing the Barbarian. Uh, so definitely excited to see that. I feel like they're kind of, uh, that was a match people were asking for. So I'm really excited to see Craig's knowledge go up against Bibbs, who has a great general knowledge. So I'm really excited for that one. Really excited for Paul Snyder rematch and really excited to see um, Ethan go up against um, Zipper. Because Zipper is pretty underrated. Um, and I love that dude. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Really exciting matchup matchups coming up. 
Um, and then of course, Roka versus uh, Adam Collins. Adam Collins is a killer. He has been playing amazing. I could see Roka was maybe trying to like do an intimidation thing. He was wearing his cowboy hat really low. He seemed like he was kind of trying to talk like a little bit deeper. Like I felt like he was trying to put on this like intimidation game, but like Adam was just super chill the whole time, which I love to see from Adam. Um, So, um, So Adam, he gets a perfect round one and the bonus. So nine to Roka's six. So great for Adam. He goes first. He gets Anne Hathaway, uh, which was a nice surprise. And he sweeps uh, Roka. Uh, he gets Westerns. So of course, that's his specialty. He sweeps as well, but he goes multiple choice on one question. Uh, so it's 13 to 17. Adam leading going into round three. Uh, Roka gets his two, misses his three. And his five, giving Adam a TKO win over the outlaw. So that is huge for him. So I'm so happy for him. He'll be playing Lon next. So definitely curious to see how that plays out. Um, Lon is a great player as well. Um, but Adam to hold his own and get a TKO off the outlaw is amazing for him. So really excited to see what he does uh, in the rest of this tournament. And like I said, to see him team up with Marisol, they are going to be an amazing team. So we got some great matches this past week. And I'm excited to see what's coming up this week. Of course, we got uh, Brendan Meyer versus Mark and Draco. That's going to be a good one. Jader versus Tom. Chance versus Liz Shannon Miller and Riley versus Perry Nemiroff. So really excited to see what's coming up this week. But let's get into the meat of this episode, guys. So I made a return to singles. I was not expecting to do that. I was kind of, you know, the strong talk was that, you know, Ethan and Guy were going to be the team for the team's tournament. So, okay, that was happening. And I figured, okay, my season's done. I've got an exhibition rom-coms match coming out in October and I'm just going to chill for the rest of the season. You know, teams was the thing I was going to kind of focus on after IG, but that's not happening uh, you know, singles has been a rough road. I said I wanted to take a break from it. Uh, but then I got the call. I got the call up for this opportunity for this match to be the undercard, to do a live match. And, you know, I, I just something in me couldn't say no, you know. Uh, I wanted to represent POCs. I wanted to, you know, do what I could for my faction, get some points. And I wanted to go out on, you know, a high note this season, if this was going to be my last match of the season. Um, and you know, Sam was really supportive. He was like, if you still feel like you want to take your break from singles, if you don't feel ready for this, I completely understand because yeah, once I kind of had that vibe that I was kind of done for the season, I wasn't really studying. I was just kind of kicking back. Um, so yeah, I definitely had to kind of, you know, think about it for a minute. It was already kind of my head to just say yes, but I did give it a quick thought, you know, am I ready for this? Um, and then I kind of just decided I'm done caring about records because literally we were the last place faction. Um, I was maybe like third to last in the rankings. Uh, and I've been at this at three years, you know, so that has always been a frustration that I've been at this so long with nothing to show for it. But then I realized, you know, to that end, I also have nothing to lose. My record sucks. So if I lose, my record will still suck. So it doesn't really make a difference at this point. So 
I was like, I have nothing to lose. Let's just go for it. See what I can do for my faction um, and get back in the game. So as soon as I agreed to this match, I honed in and delved back into study mode. Um, so yeah, I definitely was studying things that I was were weak in, really honing in on my strengths and made sure I knew those really well. Um, yeah. And I just used everything to my ability to study people quizzing me. I had some awesome fans reach out and, you know, want to help me study, giving me questions and quizzing me and, you know, coworkers quizzing me and helping me out, you know, doing all my techniques and, you know, trying to come up with new things I could do to help me, you know, study things. So, yeah, I put a lot into preparing for this match because, you know, I think people were thinking, oh, you know, Warfather's an easy win. You know, he's only had one match and, you know, he missed quite a few things in that match and, you know, but he still won. So, you know, I was not taking him lightly. He has had plenty of time to prepare and study so and get better. So, you know, I don't take anyone lightly because luck is a huge factor as well. He could land it on something he was really great out and, you know, knock me out. So yeah, I was not taking him lightly at all. Um, so I was preparing for this match. Like I was preparing for anybody else. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit nervous because, you know, it was something that I was stepping away from because of just all the baggage that has come with my journey through singles. Um, but then ultimately I just kind of said, screw it and go, let's go for it. So I was really happy. I made that decision. Definitely a fun match to prepare for, you know, entrances can't really work out because, you know, you're at home, so you can't really do anything fun, but I wanted to have fun with my promo. So I, you know, tried to go with this whole kind of birds of prey vibe. So I had my, you know, uh, Rosie Perez, you know, I shaved my balls for this shirt for my promo, um, and then came out swinging as my girl Harley, because, you know, he had his hammer. So I'm like, I gotta have a hammer too. And who is a, a character with an iconic hammer? Harley Quinn. So I had to go back to Harley again, this time Birds of Prey style Harley. Um, so I made like a kind of TikTok entrance for the Schmodown TikTok. So if you kind of want to see how my look was outside of just sitting in a chair, you can go and follow the Schmodown TikTok run by the amazing Abby Frill. So you can go watch that on the uh, Schmodown TikTok and please follow it because Abby is amazing and the Schmodown's amazing. So check that out. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was fun kind of putting together a, a patch together entrance the best I could in an online format um, because that's always one of my favorite things about Schmodown. You know, people like Brian Chandler made me fall in love with the idea of really putting work into an entrance and of course, William Bibiani and all of that. So I definitely wanted to try to do something fun because it was a live match. It was an undercard, um, you know, so I wanted to give the fans something, you know, fun to look at and some fun creativity because that is a huge part of, you know, my process with the Schmodown. It's something I love entrances and things like that are really important to me. So that's something I put a lot of work into and, uh, yeah, I hope it came out cool. I hope people liked it, but getting into the match, um, I was really hoping to get my first perfect round one this time, but just didn't go my way that first movie, the snitch or whatever. I had never even heard of that movie. And then bombshell. I knew it, but I just cannot remember the name. I just cannot pull that title. I maybe should have used a repeat, but you know, I've used repeats in round one before. And then I just couldn't get there. 
And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I always like to keep my repeats for the end. Um, So I was kind of like, you know, I think I can do solid on the rest of this. If I miss two, you know, I feel like I can still hang in there. I think I could have maybe gotten it on a repeat, but I just thought, you know, I think I can hang in there with this. I'm not going to take that chance. So I just let it go. So the snitch one, yeah, I had no idea because I had never heard of that movie, but the bombshell one I knew and I just could not pull the name. Um, So I go six to five in round one, still feeling okay, one point lead. And, you know, me and Sam had a great strategy. We talked about things before that, you know, we got to look at the wheel and talked all kinds of strategy. And I think that was a great thing because I think everything kind of worked out um, how you know, we talked about and how we planned and how we figured because, you know, in other situations like with inner geekdom, since that's not really, you know, something he's known for strong in, we didn't really talk that much strategy. And, you know, I didn't know much about inner geekdom either. So I didn't really have, you know, a lot to go off of or really um, a strategy of what would be best to do since, you know, inner geekdom was new to me. Um, So I feel like, Aside from my Riley match, it, it was a great opportunity for me and Sam to kind of really make a plan and and have some great teamwork and rapport with all of that. So um, I was really proud of, you know, how we communicated and how we kind of plan things out um, per different scenarios. And I think it worked out really well for us. Um, so like my thought was if I had a pretty far lead I would probably just keep the momentum up and go first. I know Sam's strategy is always to go second. So I was like, if I'm behind or if I don't have a strong lead, I think I will stick with Sam's strategy and go second and see what I'm up against, you know, after he goes. So I let him go first. He spins away from action adventure and gets opponent's choice. Uh, So, you know, it was something me and Sam talked about. Uh, So I decided to give him Spike Lee. Um, because I feel like, you know, it only has been spun once by Ethan and I don't see him or even really most competitors knowing much about Spike Lee aside from maybe his bigger mainstream movies, like the ones that he did end up knowing. He's going to know old boy probably from inner geekdom studying um, and inside man as that's probably his most maybe mainstream film outside of Black Klansman. So um, if he was going to know anything, it would be those two movies maybe which is what he knew um so I thought it was going to be a fair thing where I could probably get some steals off of so yeah I think that strategy worked really well and I loved that me and Sam were able to kind of have that same wavelength and it was something that we did talk about beforehand um so I was able to get three points so basically get kind of that perfect round that I missed out on um before I even had my round two So I felt really good about those two steals that I got. He got the other two in his uh, round. Um, So then I spin and I get Audrey Hepburn. Um, So if you don't know, I do host a classic films podcast called It's a Wonderful Podcast with my great co-host Morgan Robinson. Um, So, you know, I have been learning and absorbing a lot of information about classic films. um, And we just recently had covered Roman Holiday and uh, this great YouTube channel, uh, 
be kind rewind she does these great kind of uh video essays on classic actresses and she did this whole kind of thing on audrey hepburn and it got me really interested in her so at that time i was already kind of looking at stuff with her filmography and i was already kind of interested in and thinking about her filmography and taking notes on her filmography so it was definitely something that i had been looking at and had incorporated into my studying so when i landed on it i was like you know something me and sam talked about um yeah, so definitely decided, okay, let's see if, you know, if, you know, just kind of throwing this into my study plans helped and, uh, and if I retained any of this. <laughs> so I took a chance on it and swept and that just felt so freaking good. You have no idea how good it felt to swept, sweep that round because I think people were, while people were expecting me to win or expecting me to, you know, do well, like, I don't think they were expecting me to do that well. So just so proud of myself. Um, so proud of, you know, my rapport with Sam and, you know, our teamwork in that match. And I felt so supported by him and, felt like we were really on the same wavelength and he, you know, gave me great advice and so much support. And that just felt really great. Uh, so then going into round three, he gets his two, he misses his three and I get the win via TKO. Uh, just such a great feeling. Like you have no idea. It has, it has felt like forever since I've gotten a win. And I think it kind of has been forever since I've gotten a win. Um, so that was just such a great feeling. Um, like, No, it was not a championship match or a tournament match or anything like that. But just to show that, you know, why I'm here for once and have luck go my way for once and get points for my faction and get us out of last place and like pull my weight and just feel like, yes, I belong here. I've been here this long and I've accomplished something, you know, it just felt huge for me. So such a good feeling that I could do that for my faction. So if that's the last match I play this season besides my exhibition match, like I am perfectly happy with that because I just felt so good. I was, you know, I felt like my studying paid off. Um, you know, the hard work that I put in showed and yeah, it was just such a crazy, great feeling. Um, I think, yeah, just, just felt amazing. So thank you guys for everyone who supported and helped. And yeah, it just, just felt really good. (laughs) So let's get into the championship match. Uh, Ben Bateman versus Dan Merle faction mates, uh, their rematch, uh, for the championship. Uh, so the first question we get is a chat with Bozeman question. So of course, um, beautiful, uh, beautiful question. So thank you for that question writers. Um, they go seven to seven. They both tie going into round two. The wheel is sponsored by Brianne Chandler. I love you, Brianne. So you're amazing and yay on you for sponsoring the wheel because you're the best and I love you. Um, Ben, he spins Bond. He decides to stick with it. So uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, He gets the first one correct. He gets the second one correct. He misses the third on multiple choice. And again, Dan gets a one point steal and he gets the fourth one correct. So pretty solid for um, sticking with that. Uh, Then Dan, he gets Hitchcock. He gets the first one correct, the second one correct, the third correct on multiple choice, and he misses the last, but no steal from Ben. 
so then it's 13 13 going into the round three um the betting round uh they spin the wheel it's hitchcock again um so dan he bets two ben bets three dan misses ben gets it right so it's 16 to 11 ben getting a huge lead from that round and you can kind of see him celebrating um so then we get into round four the speed round um great questions in that speed round. Uh, Dan, he didn't miss anything, but he passed on two questions. So he got 19 points. Ben passed on one question and didn't miss anything either. So he goes up to 25. So Ben has a huge lead going into the last round. So intense. Um, so Dan, he gets his two, his three and his five, giving him, uh, 29 points. So all Ben has to do is, answer either his two and his three um or his five just to get the win so you know ben gets that two the lucas black question um i knew it because of course i am a huge fan of the fast and furious franchise if you know the it's a wonderful podcast feed and morgan hasn't seen i did we did a whole series where i forced morgan to watch that franchise because he had an aversion to it and i you know convinced him how great those movies were and how great that franchise was and he actually really loves it now um and you know to tokyo drift does stand out because it's like the only one you know pre paul walker's death to not star him um, so, you know, I know Lucas Black just because he stands out to me as, you know, a rarity in this franchise of sameness, you know, and also I did like most people did recently and did kind of a whole binge of Chadwick Boseman's films. And he does have a significant part in 42. Um, you know, he has a whole kind of arc with him, you know, where he gets this, uh, hateful letter from a fan you know and then Harrison Ford shows him files and files of all these hateful letters and death threats that Jackie Robinson gets and he gets this whole perspective on you know how Jackie's treated and he's just getting one little piece slice of that so when they play in his hometown he you know takes the time to like go out in the middle of the field and put his arm around Jackie and gets booed. And, you know, so there's like a whole kind of arc with his character and Jackie Robinson. So um, that stuck out to me too. So Lucas Black was definitely fresh in my brain. And I was one of the people who got super excited to see Lucas Black in the Fast 9 trailer. So yes, I knew that question. It was easy for me, but I could definitely see how that would be hard for somebody else because he is not a big name actor. Like if you want to give it more of a two pointer feel, maybe add what child star, what child actor from Sling Blade or add like more context clues in there. Maybe that would have made it feel more like a two pointer to uh, most people. But I think, you know, I knew it, but I can understand wholeheartedly how that could be difficult for someone else since he's not a huge name. So that is just proof positive to me that, you know, these questions are completely subjective to the person. What you know, somebody else may not know. What's easy for you may be hard for somebody else. So, you know, Ben, you know, at a certain point, we'll, we'll get into what came of that. But um, he ends up getting his three. So all he needs is his five to win the belt. 
He gets the 1408 question. He misses it, um, giving Dan the win. And that's got to be rough. I mean, having such a strong lead in two rounds, you know, Dan is already kind of looking defeated like it's over and then to lose. So I get his frustration. You know, he puts in all that work. He's so close and just to lose. And then he kind of proceeds to go on socials and blame it on the question writers, blame it on that two point Lucas Black question. Um, and that's a little upsetting. You know, the question writers work very hard and yes, I've had, you know, issues with questions. You know, I talk a lot about, about my five pointer in inner geekdom. You know, I had some frustrations and issues with that as, you know, when I got that question, it was asking me the name of a character, um, from the DCEU who goes by like, what is his real name? And, you know, I didn't know it because I didn't, I didn't get a chance to study DCEU. And, um, then, you know, after that match, after that loss, I went and I binged all the DCEU movies and I scoured that movie for that name. Did not see it up, written on anything. I didn't see it pop up anywhere. I didn't see it say, but said by anyone, I didn't see it in any kind of credits. So then I went to the question writers and I was like, Hey, you know, my five point question was not something I could find in the movie. So, I mean, I don't know how that works. Is that fair? Because, you know, it should be something that you can learn from watching the movie. And then I was told that there are these guidelines for inner geekdom that, you know, things like that, since these characters are around, these characters cross all kinds of medias, comic books, and all kinds of things, that information about them that are can be found in outside sources about their movie characters are fair game for questions. Do I think that's fair? Which like, I understand, I can wholeheartedly understand that for something like Star Wars, because, you know, I was given the example of Ewoks. Ewoks isn't a a word that's never said in the movies, but you know what they are because of outside material. So I understand that for Star Wars. I think that's fine for Star Wars, but for inner geekdom, I don't know if that's wholly fair, but that's the guidelines they decided on. Um, And I think it falls on other people that, you know, I'm a new competitor coming into inner geekdom is it my responsibility to ask for that information or is it, you know, the people in charge's responsibility to give me that information before I go into inner geekdom. So I know that I could be asked about things that only come up on the suicide squad Wikipedia. So that that was something I could know that I was supposed to study, you know? So something like that, I think is a fair uh, grievance when it's not something that relates to the point value of a question because point values of questions, there are so many competitors that complain about stuff like that, but it's completely subjective to the competitor, whether what is easy for them could be hard for somebody else. So when it kind of comes off as a big rant and complaint and, uh, I lost the championship because of your question. Um, that's a bit of a kind of issue for me. Um, because yeah, it is all subjective. Um, you know, if you're saying, you know, and I saw people bring up the argument, you're an action guy, that is your brand, but you didn't know the lead character in a movie in a billion dollar action franchise. That's something you should probably know. And I think that's a fair argument to make. I mean, I'm out here advocating for black films in the showdown people, you know, that people, competitors should study those movies that, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of questions about those movies coming up more and more, which is great to see. Um, and you know, I'm not out here, like I could miss questions in black films. Um, and people could call me out in the same way and say, you know, you're out here advocating for black films, but you don't know all of the black films. So yeah, I'm not going to know all of the black films. So it, but 
when I am out here advocating for them and saying that that's important to me, you better believe that that is part of my study routine. Those are things I'm studying. Those are things I'm looking at. Those are things I'm honing in on. Um, so if, you know, action is your brand and you're saying that's your specialty, then that's something that should be incorporated into your studying. So I can see two sides of that argument. Yes, if you're saying you're an action guy, then maybe you should know something about one of the biggest action franchises. But there's so much to have to know in singles. So you're not going to know everything. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't I play at a championship level. You know, I've played a bunch of champs. I've lost to a bunch of champs, but you know, I have never played in a championship match. I've never played for a belt. I have not gotten close to that. So um, when you are saying you're a competitor of that caliber, um, I don't think it's out of your realm to believe that you're, immune to getting questions that you don't know or immune to getting uh, um, questions that are unlucky for you. Um, I feel like gaps in knowledge, gaps in studying and pre preparation and bad luck are like the great equalizer of all Schmidt competitors because it happens to all of us. So, you know, I subtweeted, you know, my thoughts about the situation and subtweeting for me is a way to kind of get my opinions out there um, when it's something that I'm thinking about that or that's on my mind. You know, I could tag the person. I could reply to it on whatever they posted. But when I subtweet, that's just for me to put it out there for me because I want to get my opinion out there. I feel like it's something I just need to get out of my head. It's not something I'm like trying to debate with anybody or argue with anybody or call anybody like People who see my subtweets, if it's about them, they may see it. If it's not about them, they may think it's about them. That's the nature of subtweets. You know, my subtweets could be about people who will see them. My subtweets could be about people who won't see them. Um, so, you know, people tend to call me out, I, I assume, with subtweets. They call me out about my subtweeting by subtweeting about it. So I think I saw a lot of that happening yesterday when I subtweeted about this whole situation. So I'm right here saying it. Um, do I feel sorry for him that he got so close that he played so well that he had such a strong lead and that he put in so much work just to lose? Yes, I feel bad for him because he worked really hard and I know how hard he works and I love Ben and I think he's an amazing person and he works really hard and um, it's really frustrating. So yes, I feel bad for him being so close and losing because I know what that feels like. But do I feel bad that he didn't know a two point question? No, I don't feel sorry for him on that because it happens to all of us. It happens to every competitor. We have a bad day. We have bad luck. You know, we get something that is easy for someone um, else and maybe not for us. So when he's kind of, venting that frustration in that way, kind of putting blame on the question writers for his loss. I can't feel sorry for him in that way. Like, but I can feel sorry that, you know, he lost after playing so brilliantly. Um, so yes, I am sorry, Ben, that he lost. Um, but yeah, not sure I was a fan of kind of the whole um, explanation of, it being question writer's fault for missing that question and them being responsible for costing him a championship win. So that's kind of my whole feelings on that whole situation. Um, 
yeah, so I think I got a little side eyes from my sub tweeting about it. So I'm here on Machine Mondays saying how I feel, being pretty unfiltered as usual. Um, no ill will against anybody, just my personal thoughts. Because, you know, I want to be real on here. This is my show. So, yeah. Sorry for Ben for losing. He played amazing. He put in so much work. Um, but not sorry that he missed a two-pointer that he didn't know because we've all been there. It happens to all of us. No competitor is immune to missing something and having people come at them and tell them how easy it is. Like, yeah, it happens to all of us. So, yeah, guys. Um, But at the end of that match, though, we did get kind of a bit of... Uh, uh, disappointment, of course, on Ben's part, but also some talk about him maybe leaving the Finstock exchange. He seemed very upset that, you know, his faction wasn't there for him. He kind of had a whole Mike Kalinowski vibe um, where he was just kind of like fed up with everybody. He was fed up with Gucci. He was fed up with his faction mates aside from Craig. Nobody helped him. Nobody supported him. No one was there for him. So he's kind of talking like he may leave the exchange. So I'm not sure what that means, if he's going to leave, where he's going to go. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. He seems very disgruntled. So we will see how that shakes out. But yeah, definitely a very intense championship match. Was not expecting to go that way when Ben had such a strong lead. Um, tough, tough, tough loss. Um, like, I don't know if championship losses feel worse than regular losses because, I mean, I've lost a lot. So I know what that feels like when you kind of come so close and then and you put in so much work and you just can't quite get there. Um, that's when luck kind of just plays a huge part into it. Um, but yeah, I think the question writers have been doing an amazing job. Um, yeah, you're going to get questions that frustrate you and you're going to, you know, be like, what is, what kind of question is that? Like, we're all going to feel differently about the questions. Um, and we're all going to feel differently about the point value of questions. Um, but that's kind of just the nature of the games, the nature of, um, having to study anything and everything. Um, it's a lot to pack into your brain. So, uh, yeah, you can be frustrated about questions and things like that, but, um, the question writers work really hard. So, um, I don't want to put a loss, uh, on them, you know, and blame them for that. So yeah, that's my feelings on all of that craziness. Um, but yeah, like I said, we have some great matches coming up next week. So, well, this week. So I'm really excited to get into those on the next episode of Machine Mondays. But I think that's everything. I think we covered it all. Talked about my match and really excited for a win. You guys, I won. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. But yeah, always drama and goings on in the Schmodown. Uh, again, check out the Schmodown TikTok run by the amazing Abby Friel. She is putting some cool stuff on there. I'm in a couple of them. So yeah, check it out at the Schmodown on TikTok. Um, uh, and this is not the only show on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. There's also Morgan Hasn't Seen 
every Wednesday with me and my co-host Morgan Robinson. I pick a related series of films or a franchise of films or of course patrons at that perfect tier level can pick topics for us to discuss on the show and I force him to watch these movies and we have a nice discussion right now. We are in the middle of the Twilight Saga. Uh, Morgan is actually kind of enjoying it I think so uh this week we will be talking about the Twilight Saga Eclipse so we'll see what Morgan thinks about that check that out on Wednesday and then of course every Friday we have It's a Wonderful Podcast the flagship show of our feed uh Morgan is the constant host there and then I switch off hosting duties every other week with our other co-host Nolan Dean so this week it'll be Nolan and Morgan talking something classic so check that out every Friday so we got you covered every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, of course, with Machine Mondays every Monday, where I am being unfiltered and talking about my subtweets and talking about all the matches and all the fun stuff in the Schmodown, all the drama, everything. Uh, every Wednesday, we have Morgan Hasn't Seen, and every Friday, It's a Wonderful Podcast. So check out the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, all places where podcasts can be found. Um, and also, I mentioned the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon, great fun place, me and Morgan, we have fun stuff going on over there, fun videos for you guys polls to vote in custom artwork Morgan does some awesome work with a UK football team so you get all kinds of fun little tidbits about that we do fun Sunday live streams with our patrons like I said I'm doing these play-alongs with the singles matches so you can check all that out uh, at our patreon at it's a wonderful one on patreon.com or just search it's a wonderful page podcast on patreon.com um you can find me at janine debine on twitter and instagram you can check out the it's a wonderful podcast patreon at it's a wonderful one on on or the it's a wonderful podcast twitter at it's a wonderful one on twitter and uh if you want to check out any of my artwork you can find all of that at my t public shop on tpublic.com at g9 design so much to plug whoo i think i got everything i think i covered it all so yeah, guys, a little frantic because I'm still, still, I'm still on a bit of a high. So I hope it was coherent. I hope you got it all. Um, yes. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Machine Mondays. Uh, I appreciate your support. I know I am one of the few after shows that isn't, you know, on YouTube or visual or anything like that. So you know, it's just my voice and me talking into the void. But to those who hear me and listen i appreciate you so much uh so yeah guys thank you so much for listening to another episode of machine mondays i will stop rambling i'm too excited so (laughs) i will see you next week (laughs) until next time xo xo machine out